This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You are an old man who thinks in terms of nations and peoples. There are no nations. There are no peoples. There is only one holistic system of systems. One vast and imane, interwoven, interacting, multivariate, multinational dominion of dollars. And you have meddled with the primal forces of nature. And you will atone. Everybody knows that the dice are loaded. Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. Everybody knows the war is over. Everybody knows the good guys lost. Everybody knows the fight was fixed. The poor stay poor, the rich get rich, that's how it goes. Everybody knows. Live from Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And up and running for Sunday, September the 19th, 2010. In the uh, last half hour of the show... It'll just be you, me, and the telephone. And I want to talk about coincidences. I want to share uh, a story a little later. What happened uh, during my uh, two-day visit up in the Ottawa Valley? I won't go into a lot of details about why I was up there, except here's a tease for you. I'm actually investigating uh, claims by a, um, an interesting individual that I've met that he actually has built... He won't use the, the term perpetual motion machine, but when you observe this thing, that is, in fact, what it appears to do. So while I was up there investigating this perpetual motion machine, interviewing various individuals, including some uh, uh, electronics engineers from the Ottawa Skeptics Group and a, uh, a physics professor at the University of Ottawa, some amazing things happened to me. It was almost like someone had ripped out some pages from that uh, very popular book in the 90s, The Celestine Prophecy. Do you remember that? All of these clues being laid at my feet as if it was God's way of telling me I'm on the right track. Coincidences in the last half hour of the show. Right now, a pleasure to welcome back to the program media scientist, a, a student, disciple, of the great Canadian thinker Marshall McLuhan, and a uh, was was later a an archivist for Marshall McLuhan, and uh, it's always a pleasure to have Nelson Thal back on the show. Hello, Nelson. Hey, nice being here, Richard. Thanks for uh, bringing us together. Well, we are going to uh, traipse through a uh, a potential minefield. Uh, it was this sort of discussion. Uh, several years ago that um, some of my listeners remain convinced to this day 
uh, was responsible for getting me turfed off the air of another radio station. Of course, I'm talking about the uh, current occupant of the White House, President Barack Obama. And uh, over the years, I've done a number of shows with people like uh, Phil Berg, the uh, former Assistant Attorney General of Pennsylvania, of course, who uh, was one of the the main figures, I guess, in the in the whole birther movement, and that was the theory that uh, the president was not born in the United States; he was born in Kenya. Therefore, under the Constitution, a mere technicality, some might say, but the law is the law. Under the Constitution, ineligible to be president. Well, tonight we're going to discuss whether, in fact. President Obama is a creation of the CIA. And my next guest has uh, recently uh, put together a fairly extensive three-part series and claims to have conclusive proof that Barack Obama Sr., Stanley Ann Dunham, Obama's mother, Lolo Satoro, the Indonesian stepfather of Barack Obama, and Barack Obama himself all hold deep ties to the CIA and larger intelligence community. Wayne Madsen is a Washington, D.C.-based investigative journalist, author, and syndicated columnist. He's the editor of the online publication WayneMadsenReport.com. He's written for The Village Voice, The Progressive, Counterpunch, Online Journal, Multinational Monitor, News Insider, In These Times, and The American Conservatives. His columns have appeared in the Miami Herald, Houston Chronicle, Philadelphia Inquirer, Columbus Dispatch, Sac- Sacramento Bee, Atlanta Journal-Constitution, among others. He's the author of The Handbook of Personal Data Protection, an acclaimed reference book on international data protection law, genocide and covert operations in Africa. And, uh, well, the list goes on and on and on. He's been invited to testify as a witness before the U.S. House of Representatives, the U.N. Criminal Tribunal for Rwanda, and, an, and a terrorism investigation panel of the French government. He's had some 20 a U.S. naval officer. He managed one of the first computer security programs for the U.S. Navy. He subsequently worked for the National Security Agency, the Naval Data Automation Command, Department of State, RCA Corporation, and uh, he is a member of the Society of Professional Journalists, Association for Intelligence Officers, and the National Press Club, Wayne Madsen. That's quite a, a, a CV, my friend. Welcome to The Conspiracy Show. Well, much too much, uh, but uh, good to be with you. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I was reading your, your three-part series uh, on Obama CIA connections, and there's something in there that, that struck me. Uh, I'm not sure uh, how, um, whether this was just sort of uh, satirical or whether it's absolutely true that the president and vice president do not require a security check in order to hold office. Is that, is that true? Well, that's true. Not only the president and the vice president, but also uh, elected members of Congress. The mere fact that they're elected by uh, the people uh, means that they're not required to undergo any sort of uh, security background check. Uh, now, their staffs are. Uh, everyone from... Uh, chiefs of staff to uh, press secretaries, so forth and so on, uh, are subject to a background investigation. But the ca- the candidate, uh, the successful candidate themselves, are not required to undergo any sort of security check. I mean, who would who would be in a position to 
uh, trump uh, the the uh, the voting public if they say somebody found something uh, that's not that that would be a violation of the Constitution. Wayne, where do you um, um, come in, or what is your perspective on this whole? I mean, we're here to, to talk about his CIA connections, but yeah. uh, the the whole issue that the the birther movement and and whether or not he was born in Kenya or Indonesia or uh, in other words, he's a he's not a natural born U.S. citizen. I mean, is that even is that even material to your investigation, or do you have an yeah, opinion? You're right. I, well, actually, I, the, the, the series is up to six parts now because I continue to look into this. I, and, and my feeling on the birth certificate uh, issue, and I've talked to people who cover the White House, and the word from the White House is that uh, the Obama people are more than happy to have people pay attention to the birth certificate issue, which I don't think is an issue because it takes the attention off the real issue, and that is his prior employment and also his passport records. That I think the key is the passport records. Remember, in January and February of 08, it was his passport record that was being rifled through by different factions within the State Department, including uh, employees of a company uh, called the Analysis uh, Corporation, which was run by John Brennan, uh, former CIA guy who kept, uh, helped come up with the rendition policy, the kidnapping policy uh, for George Bush. Uh, John Brennan is now sitting in the White House as, uh, as Obama's uh, deputy national security advisor. Obviously, what was in the passport records may have been very, very uh, 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 pertinent to his past employment with the Central Intelligence Agency. Also, there's the matter of his uh, trip to Pakistan in the early 80s to visit his mother, who I believe was working with an aid agency at the time there, which, as we'll later discuss, may have also been a CIA front. Uh, And it would have been illegal uh, for a U.S. citizen to travel to Pakistan at that time, would it not? Well, uh, this was at a time uh, when the U.S. was building up the uh, Mujahideen forces to fight the Soviets in Afghanistan. Pakistan was um, rife with Americans at the time. It wasn't illegal for an American to go to Pakistan, although many Americans who were going there, especially the age that Obama was uh, at the time, I mean, he would have been about uh, 20, 21 years old, going to Pakistan. Um, uh, I mean, they were obviously... CIA was recruiting people to help the Mujahideen. When he was in Pakistan, he was staying... Uh, at the home of uh, uh, the Sumros, and uh, when Pervez Musharraf uh, resigned, it was his friend uh, Sumro who uh, became acting president of Pakistan. So he essentially he wasn't in Pakistan uh, staying at uh, bed and breakfast, or uh, he was staying at the uh, homes of the wealthy elites, which flies in the face of this idea that uh, what we heard during the campaign is that uh, you know, was raising Obama, and then he was being raised by the grandmother. Uh, that he was somehow came from from uh, you know a, a, a poverty. Uh, he came from a uh, a very very uh, wealthy uh, set of uh, uh, parents, grandparents, and guardians. Well, we'll uh, delve into the uh, the uh, the CIA connections, including his uh, his mother and the the pivotal role that the University of Hawaii uh, uh, tends to play here, as we discuss further with Wayne Madsen, editor of WayneMadsenReport.com. Nelson Thal, media scientist. We haven't heard from him yet, but we will. 
joins me in studio. Stay with us. Loose lips sink ships, and sometimes corporations. Got something to say? Call Richard Serrett now at 416-360-0740 or toll-free in Ontario, 1-866-740-4740. Nelson Thal, media scientist in studio. On the line, Wayne Madsen, waynemadsenreport.com, and we're talking about the CIA connections of... Not only the uh, the president, but his uh, his family, his mother, father, stepfather, grandparents, was in fact President Barack Obama a creation of the CIA. So we go back, and uh, you know he often refers to uh, the president does uh, his uh, his mother as being a uh, a hippie. Uh, but uh, according to your findings, anything but uh, Wayne. You, uh, but but let's let's go back to her um, her time at the University of Hawaii when she met Barack's father taking a Russian uh, language course, which is kind of interesting at the height of the Cold War. What was that all about? Well, in 1960, we're told that uh, they they met at the University of Hawaii in this Russian language course. Uh, Now, remember, uh, Hawaii uh, was in the process of going from territory to a state. Uh, the, the major industry in Hawaii, other than tourism at the time, was military. So the mere idea that in 1960, at the height of the Cold War, on Oahu, at the campus of the University of, of Hawaii in Manoa, you would have uh, 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 two people, including a uh, person, Barack Obama Sr., who had been sent over uh, as the first uh, African student to the University of Hawaii, under a CIA program, and I found these documents in the archive uh, called Airlift Africa. Uh, Kenyan Nationals leader Tom Amboya hand selected uh, some 280 students uh, to, to be uh, sent to the United States uh, in 1960 uh, to be ramped up to take over uh, these newly independent countries to vie for influence with the Soviet Union and China. Now, remember, in 1960, we had in Moscow the opening of the uh, uh, People's Friendship University, which in 1961 was renamed Patrice Lumumba University. So there was a huge uh, uh, competition between the uh, Soviets and the United States for influence in these uh, soon-to-be independent African countries, and Barack Obama Sr. was a recipient of of the uh, CIA's largesse and being sent to Hawaii. We're told that his, uh, Obama's mom and dad met for the first time in his Russian language class, yet the Obama campaign released a photograph uh, during the campaign showing uh, o- um, Obama's grandfather, Stanley Dunham, uh, his mom's father, welcoming Barack Obama Sr. at Honolulu Airport, which looks like with the presence of uh, uniformed Navy sailors on the tarmac, and there's Barack Sr. Uh, wearing the traditional lay uh, with his luggage on the tarmac standing next to Stanley Dunham, uh, it, it seems <laughs> seems pretty certain that uh, 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 Obama's uh, um, grandfather knew 
his father before even uh, his mother knew um, knew Barack Obama Sr. So it, it, it almost sounds like a uh, um, sort of a CIA matchmake uh, here, uh, getting uh, uh, Stanley Dunham together with Barack uh, Sr. at the university. Uh, am, I, or am, I, am I reading too much into it? No, that's exactly what it sounds like, and uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm quite certain that's what it was, because... We're told that Stanley Dunham, the grandfather, was a furniture salesman, yet he had, you know, was transferred from furniture store to furniture store. He was in Seattle. Uh, then, he, then he goes to um, um, Hawaii. Uh, but uh, it sounds like uh, some sort of a Central Intelligence Agency cover. There's also another photograph that was released during the uh, campaign showing uh, Barack Obama's mother, Stanley Ann Dunham, wearing a... Um, a, a school uniform. Uh, she was probably about seven years old at the time, seven or eight. Uh, and it, it, um, uh, the, the initials on it are uh, NDJ, and uh, it's in a sash off to one side, stylized NDJ. And uh, people have looked, uh, looked at that, and they've determined that that stands for Notre Dame de Jamour, which is a private Catholic school in Beirut, Lebanon. So here again we have another indication that uh, his mother uh, grew up in a uh, family of, uh, of CIA employees. In, in other words, uh, her father, if he was selling furniture, suddenly he was posted to Beirut, which is kind of odd uh, in, the 19, in the 1950s. Absolutely. Uh, perfect cover, though, for, for uh, Central Intelligence Agency people. And then we see of course, uh, the, the matchmaking at the University of Hawaii, especially the influence of the East-West Center at the university, which, again, here we have the East-West Center uh, outreach to Asia to groom uh, uh, Asian leaders for, uh, for positions in government, uh, a, a, a well-known, again, a well-known CIA front that works closely with the Asia uh, Foundation, uh, which is another CIA front. But so when you say a well, got all these indicate indicators. Excuse me, Wayne. When you say a well-known CIA front operation, referring to the uh, the East-West Center, which was at the University of Hawaii, or you mentioned the U.S. Agency for International Development and the Ford Foundation, all of these things, Stanley and Dunham uh, uh, was involved with or worked for. She worked for a time at the Ford Foundation. Uh, when you say it's well known, I mean, but it's easy to say that. But is it? I mean, do you have the documentation to yes. do, to prove it? Right. I mean, you go back to the, uh, um, the CIA archives and the articles that they clipped uh, through the 60s and the 70s uh, uh, and into the early 80s. You find all the references uh, to these organizations being uh, affiliated by many different publications, many different journalists with the CIA. Of course, why would the CIA keep those articles? Well, obviously... Uh, they wanted to know what the people were writing about them, and and obviously thought that they were important enough to stick in their archives. So uh, Barack Obama Sr. is uh, brought over in a CIA-inspired uh, airlift. Uh, the the uh, the U.S. trying to win the hearts and minds of uh, of young uh, East Africans in order to act as a sort of a countervailing force against. Uh, those in the Soviet Union that were, were also trying to do the same thing in that region of Africa. Uh, he studies there. He, uh, he weds uh, Stanley Ann Dunham. They, uh, they have a child. And then he 
he leaves. Uh, what called back to uh, to Kenya to work with the nationalist Tom Aboya uh, to help overthrow the government? No, he uh, he actually goes back to Kenya, but uh, uh, en route he goes to Harvard University to get his Ph.D. Uh, he meets another American woman uh, there, marries her, and she goes back to Nairobi with him. Uh, now, when he goes back to Nairobi, because he was in the he was in the same tribe. Uh, as Tom Amboya, the Luo tribe, the dominant tribe, got all the key positions upon independence in 63, and that was Joma Kenyatta, the Kikuyus. And uh, the Luos were basically uh, considered second-class citizens. So uh, Barack Obama Sr., with all these academic credentials, who uh, probably felt he should have been the Minister of Finance, uh, never achieved that. He got low-level positions. Uh, but in 1969... Tom Amboya, uh, who was basically the CIA's guy who kept track of people like Kwame Nkrumah in Ghana at these various independence meetings throughout Africa. Uh, uh, Nkrumah, of course, was overthrown by the CIA in 66, one year after uh, Lolo Satoro, who Stanley and Dunham would meet uh, later and marry and, and take young uh, Obama to Indonesia. That was one year. Uh, Nkrumah was overthrown one year after Sukarno, President Sukarno of Indonesia, was also overthrown in a CIA coup, which Lolo Satoro uh, was involved with as a colonel for General Suharto, who was the CIA's man in Indonesia. Uh, so we have all these connections uh, of Obama's family uh, to these various coup d'etats uh, around the world. Uh, 1969, Tommy and Boy is assassinated, and Barack Obama Sr. testified at the trial of his accused assassin. Uh, but uh, it's, not, it's not known who actually what, uh, assassinated Tom Amboya. Uh, uh, some people blamed it on the Chinese who thought he was too close to the, uh, the American CIA. Well, let's come back uh, and we'll, we'll discuss uh, Barack Obama's uh, stepfather, Lulu Satoro, who I believe also met Stanley Ann Dunham at the University of Hawaii. Uh, and uh, then we'll talk about Satoro's involvement in the coup. There were, uh, I believe, over a million citizens killed in that, uh, that year of living dangerously. And uh, we'll continue to connect the dots. Wayne Madsen from WayneMadsenReport.com talking about the CIA connections of the Barack Obama family. Nelson Thal standing by with comments live in studio. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. I wish they'd pass a law to where all Democrats and Republicans had to wear NASCAR racing suits. Because if you look at the NASCAR drivers, it tells who their sponsors are. And if they do that, we <laughs> could then become informed voters because we'd know who owns them. Curiosity? Or did the devil make you do it? Whatever the reason, welcome back to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. To talk to Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll-free in Ontario at 1-866-740-4740. 
before 7.40. Next week, the return of remote viewer Douglas Cottrell to the program. We'll talk Earth changes. And later on tonight, last half hour of the show, I want to talk about coincidence. If you believe in uh, such a beast. And I'll uh, go into some more details about uh, some of the strange coincidences uh, I encountered on a recent trip up to Ottawa while investigating a perpetual motion machine. Wayne Madsen is uh, with us, Washington, D.C.-based investigative journalist, uh, and uh, in studio, Nelson Thal, media scientist, talking about whether or not President Obama was a creation of the CIA and the the CIA legacy underpinning his uh, his family's history. Uh, it seems strange that uh, Stanley and Dunham, uh, I believe, you know, she's at the University of uh, Hawaii in 1959, and uh, 1965, she's still there, and this time she meets um, she meets her uh, her next husband, who would be the stepfather of the president, uh, um, Lolo Soturo. What was she still doing at the University of Hawaii six years later? Was she teaching, or why was she still there? No, she, it seems like she was some sort of a career student. Uh, it took her a long time to matriculate uh, to finally get her Ph.D. Uh, in uh, economic anthropology. Uh, but but uh, so in 65, she meets uh, Lola Satoro, who's, who's basically uh, attending uh, the East-West Center. Uh, and uh, But uh, uh, Suhardo, who's working for the CIA to overthrow Sukarno, who was considered to be a communist, um, uh, calls all these, uh, Indonesian uh, uh, students back, and then as uh, Satoro returns to Indonesia, uh, Suharto makes him a colonel in the army, and of course, then he's uh, they set about to overthrow President Sukarno in this very bloody coup, which was uh, it, you mentioned the year of living dangerously. That was that movie that came out in the early 1980s, featuring uh, Mel Gibson, uh, Sigourney Weaver, and Linda Hunt. Uh, who actually played a played a, a man in the movie? I think won a, a yes. Academy Award for that. Yes. Uh, but uh, uh, this was this was the bloody put down of the uh, Sukarno government uh, and and a resulting uh, uh, massacre of a million in, mostly Indonesian ethnic Chinese citizens and also accused and alleged members of the Indonesian Communist Party. Uh, so after um, uh, uh, they're married, uh, Stanley. And Dunham takes Barack Obama, seven years old, to Indonesia two years after this bloody coup in 1967. And, she, and, and, and Dunham uh, immediately gets this uh, job with USAID, where she's working with uh, Japanese farmers um, on what is essentially the micro-financing uh, uh, project, which was being run out of the USAID at the embassy. A CIA front. Yeah, it's CIA front, CIA front all the way. Uh, I went back and looked at uh, the P, uh, a, a book uh, that came out in '68 called "Who's Who in the CIA." It's very hard to get. I found a copy in Britain, and they're listed as uh, as a USAID officer, uh, economic officer at the embassy is is one of the CIA agents. So uh, obviously, this is the guy who was uh, in charge of that particular project, which he was working on. So Wayne Madsen, to, to summarize here, the president's stepfather was very involved in this bloody coup 
that uh, resulted in the death of uh, about about a million ethnic uh, Indonesian Chinese, and uh, his father was uh, a part of a CIA-sponsored airlift from East Africa. His mother has worked for several CIA-fronted companies. Um, now, back to the Indonesian question. You mentioned in, 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 in one of the three parts that President Barack Obama has twice, at the time of uh, the publication, twice uh, canceled, postponed a state visit to Indonesia. Does this have anything to do with the fact that he's afraid that his stepfather's bloody past will catch up with him? I believe it does. First of all, Indonesia has a very vibrant uh, press. Uh, they have many different newspapers. We also should uh, remember that there was a statue of uh, young Barack Obama as a child erected in Jakarta, and it was taken down not too long ago. Uh, I think... If, you know, obviously the White House knows that a state visit uh, by Obama will not only uh, uh, have the interest of the U.S. media, which, of course, the interest of the U.S. media might last only uh, a couple of hours with the, uh, you know, the retention span of, of people in this country, but in Indonesia, uh, it will get a lot of attention, and the Indonesian media, the newspapers, uh, and their websites will be looking uh, very closely at his links in Indonesia. I, I, have a, I just feel, uh, I don't know this for a fact, that these two visits have been, have been uh, postponed because they know that uh, once uh, Obama uh, Air Force One touches down in Jakarta, it, it could open up a virtual hornet's nest. It's one thing to detail his his parents, grandparents uh, alleged in in the CIA, uh, but it's the old saying, you know, the the sins of the father visited upon the son. Why should uh, Barack Obama, uh, you know, be uh, tainted by his stepfather and his father and his mother or his grandparents' uh, in, involvement in the CIA? Well, after Obama graduates from Columbia University, uh, in his book he says he went to work for a company in Manhattan for a year. Well, it wasn't just any company. It happened to be a company called Business International Corporation, which, again, here we have another uh, firm that had been long associated with CIA front activities. Elliot Haynes, the, the son of the founder, actually admitted to the New York Times that uh, four journalists uh, working for Business International Corporation had been uh, uh, CIA cover uh, and sent abroad. We know that Obama edited two newsletters for this this company, uh, uh, but he uh, the mere fact that he doesn't even give the name of the company in the book, uh, it looks like he's trying to hide something. Let's work uh, on Nelson. And, and, and there's been a lot written. John Pilger has also written about Business International Corporation being involved in CIA activities in Australia, especially having to do with the uh, 1975 constitutional overthrow of Prime Minister Gough Whitlam. Uh, let's work uh, media scientist uh, Nelson Thal into the discussion. Uh, it's great being here. Rich, this is terrific. It's almost after midnight, so we can come out and play. The ruling elite have gone to sleep almost. 
And um, this is a great report that Wayne Madsen's developed. I mean, he's to be commended as a journalist. It's just a great piece. And it's really, for me, very exciting and interesting because you and I have been talking for decades about how in all these incidences, there's always some connection to Dallas. And uh, I love his report. Wayne points out that you know, this connection between this, the Project Mockingbird, which McLuhan would find of interest because McLuhan, the media guru, would find it interesting watching intelligence agencies develop programs to try and influence the media uh, towards their bias. Well, t- for those not an, uh, aware, Project Mockingbird was what? Project Mockingbird was developed under Cord Meyer. And this is the key. Cord, this is the connection with Dealey again. Cord Meyer was uh, on E. Howard Hunt on his deathbed, named Cord Meyer and some other associates uh, um, that we don't need to go into right now, but a number of other associates, William King Harvey and David Sanchez Morales, in working uh, on planning and carrying out the Kennedy assassination. So Cord Meyer is behind uh, Project Mockingbird, which gives rise to Obama. Well, explain that. Project Mockingbird and its connection to this company that uh, Obama was working with after Columbia. Once again, uh, he was trained at St. Paul's School and attended Yale and was a member of Scroll and Key Society. Now, we know the Bushes are... are uh uh, skull and Bones. Okay, See the movie. No, but, yeah. So you've got these Skull and Bones, all, all these these uh, groups out of Yale that that really have tremendous. Uh, but power. Project Mockingbird was what? A, 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 the daughter, the child of Cord Meyer. You know, but what was it? It's it was to, to influence. Oh, it was to influence the media to 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 spread disinformation. Uh, okay, so that's the company to, to to spread disinformation in order to start these projects. I mean, Gulf of Tonkin, Admiral. Uh, you know, they had to spread the lie about that they were attacked. Nine Eleven. They got uh, they got uh, Barbara Olson's uh, uh, Olson to claim that uh, his wife was on the plane. These are the these are skull and bones uh, groups that are involved and in, that twist the news to where they want it to go. The owners of the system. So Wayne, we uh, this this uh, uh, company that Barack Obama was involved with after that he was hired by in New York after Columbia. This is essentially uh, a part of Project Mockingbird. Is that does that make sense? Well, this, this company had tremendous access to people around the world. Uh, uh, it, it finally was sold to the Economist Intelligence Unit in 1986. Uh, but uh, in the 1960s, they they had uh, roundtable discussion seminars with people like Soviet Premier Alexei Kosygin, uh, uh, Haile Selassie of Ethiopia. Uh, Tito of Yugoslavia, Franco of Spain. So this was not a uh, this was not just a newsletter operation. This was a uh, pretty uh, well connected uh, uh, moneyed operation that maintained a business address at one Dag Hammarskjöld Plaza across from the United Nations building in Manhattan. So we're not talking about some fly by night operation. As a matter of fact. When Obama last year was chairing the Security Council, uh, I know a journalist at the U.N., and he, uh, he had the opportunity to ask Obama a question, uh, and I, I said, you, you should have asked him how it, was, how, how it felt to be back in his old neighborhood because he, he used to work across the street at one Dag Hammarskjöld Plaza. Of course, didn't ask a question. Most of the press won't ask the president any questions about his past because the 
White House uh, Press Secretary and Rahm Emanuel put the word out that that's off limits, anything about his past. But but uh, I did find something very interesting. Uh, Richard Helm, CIA Director, 1971, a memo uh, to the uh, Director of Science and Technology at the CIA stating that uh, uh, he wanted to uh, beef up the CIA's behavioral science programs, and he mentions five universities by name, uh, MIT, University of Michigan, UCLA, and, and, the, and the fifth one mentioned the University of Hawaii. Okay, let's just hold uh, on to that. We'll, we'll come back and we'll talk about uh, MK Ultra, Project Artichoke, and the connection to the University of uh, Hawaii, which is leading us where? The possibility that the present occupant of the White House is a real-life Manchurian candidate? We'll discuss when The Conspiracy Show returns. Stay with us. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.